kids love movies. Movies, videos, and other forms of multimedia are these days integral to public, private, and special education curriculum. If you're a young person who can't see or can't see well, Audio Description provides access to all the visual images of the movies that young people who are sighted enjoy. The benefits of Audio Description in Education. Baby Contest, sponsored by ACB's Audio Description Project and the Described and Captioned Media Program, wants those kids to experience media with audio description and then tell us about it. You have a chance to win prizes for yourself and your teacher and recognition for your school and a chance to hold the awesome title, a Beatty Award winner. Just go to www.baitycontest.org to enter. That's B-A-D-I-E contest.org. And keep on enjoying audio description. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening and welcome to Main Menu Live, our first show for 2021. It's been a while since we've been here, November, I think. But we have a great show planned for you tonight. I'm John Gassman. Uh, along with our main menu team, Jason Castanway is here, Rick Moran, and Jeff Bishop, and uh, Larry Gassman as well. It takes four or five of us to do this show. I so, know. We just can't do it all alone. You know, we get scared. We have a, we have a great show for you tonight, and uh, here to tell us all about it and introduce our first guest in this first hour is Jeff Bishop. All right. Thank you, John. And uh, welcome, everybody. Welcome to uh, 2021. This is going to be a, a great year of fun-filled year of technology and lots of exciting things happening. And we're going to kick things off tonight talking about all kinds of really neat technology, both in the cloud and on your local iDevice. So in the first hour, we're going to hear from Saqib from Microsoft all about seeing AI. They've come out with a new release just recently with a new channel and we're going to talk all about that. And then the dynamic duo of Matt Campbell and Mike Calvo are back with a new company. And they're going to talk to us all about their new product offering and what it's going to bring to all of you. And, you know, we're all using Zoom these days for a lot of the activities that take place on uh, ACB. And I think they have a really, really interesting offering to, to bring to the table. In fact, uh, Matt and, and Mike are actually here and I think they're they're planning on uh, maybe even jumping in and participating in the first hour along with us. So without uh, further ado, let's just introduce our guests first. So uh, please help me uh, welcome Saqib. Hello, Saqib. How are you? Hi. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so, so much. And Mike, are you there? I know they were doing some setup. I, so we'll, I think they're closed yes, captain. I'm, I'm right here. Oh, great. Mike Cavo is Sorry. here. And Hi there. Hey, welcome, welcome aboard. And Matt Campbell is here as well. Hey, everyone. Yeah, welcome. I haven't seen you in a little while, Matt. So <laughs> yeah. hope, thing, hope yeah, things are going all, well for all, you. All of two and a half months, right? I know, I know. We've, we, I've, I've missed you. All right, well, let's get into, uh, you know, the, the first topic tonight, which is all about seeing AI. And, of course, anyone on the panel, feel free to jump in and ask questions um, but I just thought I would start by by asking Sakib. Um, Sakib, I, I know that it, it's probably impossible to think, but there might be somebody out there who doesn't 
know what seeing AI is. Can you first tell us a little bit about what seeing AI is? Absolutely. It is what we call a talking camera app for your iPhone. And you point your camera and it will start describing different aspects of your environment. Um, it can read text, recognize the people and objects, and we have the new world channel to talk about. So I could go through all the features, but the high level is it's an app for your phone that will read to you, describe what's around you, who's around you, and and yeah, much more. So how did how did the app actually get started? I, the story around that was is just really really neat. Can you share that story with us? For sure. So. I am, I am blind myself, and I've been programming since you know my teens, coming up with different ideas, tinkering with things. And I always had this idea of what wouldn't it be cool? I, I often thought, you know, some kind of AI that sat on my shoulder, whispering in my ear, telling me what's around me like a sighted friend would, except when for, there's no one around at the moment. And that was kind of an idea that I you know, threw around you know, a pair of glasses, that would do this, da, da, da. but it really kicked off in about 2014. Microsoft gave every employee in the company, and I've been at Microsoft for oh, 15 years now, but in 2014, we could work on whatever you wanted for a week. And that was when the new CEO came on board. And that was a big thing. I thought, this is the time that I want to start looking at AI for assisting people who are blind. And so that's where the very first inklings came, and it's very, very rudimentary. And then, you know, it got against steam. It snowballed. So many people from around the company um, came on board, and it's been really this big community effort with different scientists and engineers coming together from around the world. And then, yeah, 2017 was when we actually got to release the app to the world, and the year before that, we got to be on stage with Satya Nadella, the CEO. And... Yeah, it's been a great journey since. And I, I, I like to think of it as a partnership with the blind community because speaking to you guys is really how we learn what all the challenges are and what we need to solve. And then we go and talk to all our engineers and scientists to make it so. And, and the app is based on, on channels, right? So there's a number of channels that the app offers? Absolutely. So there's this idea that what if you could just point a camera and it would know exactly what you wanted to know? And that would be amazing. And people have tried that. But we felt it's really important to have reliability and uh, predictability. So what we did is we thought, what are the main tasks that someone wants to accomplish? When you're looking at this photo, we could tell you about who's in the photo, what it says, what color something is, how much light there is. But if we told you all of it, it would be too much information. and if we tried to guess and we were wrong, it'd be so frustrating. So we have this concept of channels that you can switch between. So you can switch between the short text channel, which tells you what's in front of you, to a document channel that's going to give you a much higher quality result, and but maybe take a bit more time to guide you to taking a good photo, through to recognizing people and scenes. And you mentioned the New World channel. And there's several more I didn't list there, you know, like color recognition, light recognition. And I feel like I'm missing one of my favorite quote-unquote children here. So, uh, But those are the main ones. And then, of course, beyond the channels, you can also get the same information when browsing the photos already on your phone or photos imported from other apps like social media. 
What made uh, seeing uh, AI so successful in comparison to other apps that had been created? It's hard to know exactly what it was, but our philosophy in creating it was very much to say, what is it that, to in the beginning, how do we take the best that AI has to offer at that moment in time and the challenges we know exist in the blind community we, from by looking at existing apps, by talking to people, by listening to blogs and podcasts like this. And so that's very much been our MO as we progress. And we made this decision initially, thought, what if we just did one thing well? But I thought, no, we want to really push the envelope and say, we're going to make the one tool that provides all the vision, uh, computer vision-based tools that you need. So this is just another tool in your tool belt to assist with daily life. Microsoft didn't really do a big promotion. It's, as I remember, it, it was just out there. All of a sudden it was released one day and at least I know I didn't have any any notice that it was coming. Is that the way that you planned it or did I just miss it initially? There was There was no big... Um, launch, that is true. But, or at least there was no planned one, but it's only got a lot of press attention, etc. But really, the thinking was, especially as a blind person, when I talk to folk in marketing and PR, and this so often there are people who are like, yes, we're going to put it a tagline, like AI helps the blind, da, da, da. and you can think of all the crazy headlines people come up with. But I was like, no, no, no. I To me, it's really important to be really truthful with the community to, you know, not oversell, not to overpromise. This is a tool. And people who are blind have skills that they've learned over years. This is just another tool that's going to help you do even more. So I was very much like we don't want to have this big bang um, headline that says, you know, we are, you know, XXX miracle XX, you know, Nothing like that. And maybe that's why it came across as a bit as a quiet launch, because I, I really pushed the team that, no, we want to see, make sure this is serving the community and that we're going to evolve and iterate with the community. Competition tends to drive a lot of applications. And, and in this situation with AI, you've got Microsoft, you've got Envision and now SuperSense. Do you worry about what the other guys are doing? Do you look and see what they're doing? Or do, you, do you just worry about yourself and your own development when it comes to releasing uh, new features? Mostly the latter. Of course, we know um, about all the other efforts in this industry and talk to a bunch of folk. And But more than that, what I think is as Microsoft were in this unique position to be able to show the state of what's possible and bring out these very early technologies often. So, you know, AI is not always accurate. We knew that since day one that we launched, but we're like, we could wait for this to be perfect, or we could put this out there to show people what's possible, to enable people to get the benefit they can, knowing the limitations. and. We did that in 2017 with computer vision. We've done that in 2020 with augment, audio augmented reality. And so I very much see if, if the industry at large starts adopting these things, that's a win because we've put something out into the wind. And if there are more and more solutions to help more and more people, then that's a win for everyone. 
And like, you know, even many of the screen readers now have OCR built in and um, image descriptions and so forth. And again, that's just a win for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the interesting thing is I remember when the handwriting feature came out for uh, seeing AI and boy, did that make a big splash because people were able to read, you know, Christmas cards and birthday cards and, and there was just a lot of buzz and people talking about that, you know, on email lists and on Twitter and Facebook and all of that. And did you expect that response when, when you guys added that channel? Not quite to the extent that we got it. Um, we knew it would be interesting and important because, you know, handwriting recognition is not something I'd seen to that point in time. And so when I first met with our scientists who were working on that, I was like, we, well, we got to get this. So we got very early access to that tech and eventually it was ready and we put it out there. And yep, it was December. So a lot of greetings cards going around. And then, you know, people have also said they use it to help with kids' homework and stuff. And that's very gratifying too. So again, we're always looking at what's possible, what's coming down in terms of emerging, emerging technologies. And we always have a hunch that this is going to be popular. We do testing with a small number of users to make sure that it works well, but it's always gratifying when you press that button and it goes out into the world and then you hold your breath for a moment and you're like, yes, uh, there's a really good response from the community. So that was good then. And again, likewise, more recently with our latest release, I, I'm still enjoying hearing how people use different parts of the app. Yeah, absolutely. And, and before we get into the newest world channel, um, where do you see the app going in the future or just AI in general? I mean, I, I think there's all kinds of things that are that are being worked on in computer science. And uh, I'm just curious as to what you think the, the direction for the future is for, for this uh, technology and where it might land for blind people. It's hard to say with any certainty when predicting the future. So everything I'm going to say is just, you know, ideas and there's no, I got to say, you know, this is my legal base. There's no commitment from Microsoft, da, 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 da. But if we look at the trends in the industry, I don't see anyone doing much yet with recognizing videos. And I think that's going to be very exciting as it comes to fruition, as it inevitably will, I'm sure. And I think image descriptions are going to get better, but eventually that's got to go to video. Or maybe we could consider about descriptions which consider things of interest to you in this situation. And I think those things are going to get better. Also very excited about audio augmented reality, which we started work on, but it's such the first step in early days. And this idea of understanding the world in 3D instead of 2D. And then I'm also very excited, though it's not in the realm of seeing AI, about the future of some speech agents, something, what do you call them? Um, personal assistants like AL, EXA. I'm not going to say it out loud. Um, but, you know, that's at the very early stages, it feels like. But we see a lot of interesting new machine learning approaches, which, you know, in the years to come, I can't wait till we just have a natural conversation with those assistants. Okay, so let's get into the new, uh, you know, world channel. What what was the thinking around this new channel? So, to date, Seeing AI has been a camera app. Either you're taking a picture that is trying to identify what's in the picture, 
or you're just pointing the camera and in real time it's running the AI to help you take a picture or to actually just tell you what's there. But we thought, what about knowing what's all around you in three dimensions? And with that, with the introduction of the new LiDAR, that we've been working on this for a while, but the LiDAR made it so much more possible because LiDAR sends out a little pulse. You could think of it like a laser, but it's just light. And it sends out the lights and then measures how long it takes to come back. And so it can know how far away different things are. And now that lets you map the world around you in three dimensions. And then we can use spatial audio so that if you're wearing headphones, then you can actually hear sound coming from the object itself. So in an unfamiliar space, maybe you're walking into a new lobby or a hotel room. Of course, this is, you know, after we're all out and about again. Then you're going to pan around and they'll start recognizing what's around you and how far away they are. And then you'll be able to hear them in three dimensions and even place a beacon to find something and talk much more about this. But that's the general thinking when we're making this. 2D to 3D. Interesting. So what is required for this channel to work? In other words, does everybody get the channel when they install the new version? Um, no, unfortunately, I wish that was so. But at present, we're requiring devices with a LiDAR scanner. So that's the iPhone 12 Pro, uh, 12 Pro Max, and the 2020 iPad Pro. So these are high-end devices. But we're taking a bet that this technology if it's successful, which we love it, um, will become available on more and more devices, potentially even this year. But again, we know nothing about iDevices' futures, but I hope. Yeah, there's been rumor that it might be coming, but you know, you never really know from the from reading, you know, nine to five Mac and places like that. So uh, we're just guessing, but I'm I'm hoping that would be the case. So can you kind of walk us through what the user experience would be like with the app? Absolutely. The World Channel. Yes. So once you've opened Seeing AI and switched to the World Channel, you can start panning your phone around. So you're holding the phone upright so that the camera is facing the way you're facing, straight forward. And as you move the phone around, you'll start hearing the names of objects it recognizes. Table, chair, door, window. And you'll hear the voice coming from, say, the door. And now if you want a summary after you've, say, panned all the way around you, there's a spatial summary button that will play all of that in a little ring around your head. It's sort of going clockwise through everything it's found in your environment. And if you then, say, wanted to find the door, you can say place beacon, select the door, it'll tell you how far away it is, and then um, start playing a sound from the door. And I told you, like, when, whenever we launch something, there's this hold your breath moment. How are going to people use this? And the first review that came online that said I could walk through a door without using my cane to touch the sides, that was just very gratifying. And of course, that's just a demo. We expect people always to use their cane, be safe. But knowing that that's possible was just really cool. And this is not requiring anything physical in your environment. This is all just via AI, augmented reality in your phone. And then one last feature is the proximity sensor, which I love. It's using the LiDAR to give you haptic feedback of how far away things are. So as you pan around, you could, for example, even find the, um, a gap in the wall because you're going to hear an intense feel 
an intense vibration where the wall is, and then it'll drop off once you go through the doorway. So that's so can, a big yeah, so overview. Can, yeah. Yeah. So you can use your phone like you're like you're trailing the wall, except you're not touching it. You're just holding it to the, the pointing the camera to the wall and, and then trailing that way, right? Exactly. And we haven't tested this um, in this particular scenario, but uh, one uh, user we were testing with, she said that she was very recently blind and she struggled to stay parallel to the wall. Um, mm. And, you know, one technique with your cane is to walk very close to the wall and uh, trail it with your cane or whatever. But I'd be, I, I told her, like, I'm really interested. Like, could you just make sure the vibration stayed a steady a distance apart? And again, um, I hesitate to say this, you know, stay safe with your canes out there. But Absolutely. it's an interesting idea. And again, everyone's going out there exploring this channel, this new functionality in the way that suits them. So just yesterday, I heard from somebody who, for fun, they're using their cane to get about to find the stairs, as they always did. But with the haptics on, they can like feel this corrugated iron effect because stairs are not even and they're getting further and further away from you. So as he pointed out, the stairs went up or down. You kind of feel the... Um, each step is a bit further, a bit closer. So that's mm, kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Now, now there's another feature in in the the World Channel, which allows you to define a beacon, right? Yes. Yeah. Tell us about that. Exactly. So that's an example I was saying about placing a beacon on a door or a chair. Mm -hmm. So let's suppose you walk into a big open space like. In my mind, we have one of our offices has a big atrium, and I want to independently, I could ask someone, but I want to independently know where am I going to sit. Mm -hmm. So let's suppose I pan around and it finds a group of chairs over there. So I could choose, say, place beacon, choose one of the chairs, and now I'll start hearing a sound in my headphones. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, the aftershocks or the bows, which don't cover your ears. And now, as you move the phone left and right, and I recommend moving your face to your head to keep facing in the same direction. Now you're going to hear that beacon move as you and the camera move so that you'll be able to locate exactly where it is in 3D space and then follow that sound and you will end up at the chair. Right. So the, the goal here is to, is to get the, the beacon sound centered, correct? In other words, so that it's centered in, the, in, your, in your ears. Exactly. So um, get it centered and then it. it'll get louder and louder as you get closer. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then it makes a, a really delightful chime when you actually locate the object. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. I look forward to not only getting a, an iPhone Pro, a 12 Pro, because I don't have one yet, but that's fine. But but testing it out when we get to that point when we're allowed to actually fly and when we get to the airports and we get into situations where there are a lot of people and maybe you're trying to find the desk where the ticket person is yeah, because line, that can, example. yeah, or a line or some, maybe a food court, something where there's a ton of people mm -hmm. and you never quite know where you are in relationship to the desk. You hear yeah, people, yeah. but you don't hear the desk. Yeah. So I how assume many, that would be helpful. Yeah. How many of us have went, you know, are you, are you there, sir? Are you there, sir? When, you know, Cause you don't want to, Bump into people and know yeah. when the line mm -hmm. moves, and or say, "Can you let me know when the line moves?" Sure, I think your plane <laughs> yeah. left an hour ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are great ideas. I I love hearing these. And again, if anyone else you know wants to share their stories, how you're using it, how you might use it, then uh, please do get in touch. Seeing AI. 
at Microsoft.com. But I, I love these stories, and we should arrange a demo for a future episode. I think um, we weren't able to get like a recorded demo for this, but it'd be great to let uh, listeners hear the experience as well. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, and, and, and I know um, that you probably won't have a, 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 a um, direct answer to this, but how do you feel that this technology is going to fit into, say, other travel type applications or experiences? Have you, do you, do you know, um, have you given any thought to that? So not specifically at this time. This is very much the first step, but you can imagine that potentially you can have um, a navigation style app in the background. A lot of them do allow you to run on the background with seeing AI open. Um, and again, right now we optimize for indoor spaces where you're in a safe known space mm -hmm. because we want to make sure that, again, customers are always safe and using all your attention on navigation when you're doing that. But I can totally see that there would be a lot of uses for people who are comfortable using a vision app while walking around. Yeah. I, I really think this app's going to be really great for situations like you mentioned, you know, uh, you're when we can travel, you go to a hotel room and, and you don't really know necessarily where things are, like things like thermostats and desks and chairs and, and the bed and, uh, you, you know, all, all the things that might be in a, in a hotel room as opposed to, because uh, sometimes you don't get someone to come in and tell you where things are, so you have to kind of figure it out yourself. So this is a, a, a really a great tool that would allow, you know, uh, you to, to, be able to, to be able to get at that information. Well, let's see. Um, Jason, do you have any questions or comments? Well, so far, I'm, I'm pretty enraptured, but I don't have an iPhone 12. So I think um, I may be left out of experiencing the world channel. Is that correct? Unfortunately, yes. At the moment, um, we are definitely making use of that LiDAR scanner. And today, that's only on those three devices. Yes. So, so in okay. other words, none of the features of the World Channel can be can utilize just the camera. Then is that right, Saqib? Uh, that is right. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, well, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if there were some pieces that you were using the camera as well to be able to get at that data or not. Uh, Mike or, or or Matt, I I know you're here for the second hour too, but I didn't want to uh, leave you guys out. I wanted to see if you had any, any comments or questions. For me, first of all, second. This is my Calvo. My goodness, it's a pleasure to uh, to not only kind of share a, a, a panel spot with you, but to thank you personally for a, a product. And I'm sure you've heard this a gazillion times, but it's a gazillion and one now that has really changed my life as a blind person. Uh, just looking at mail and reading boxes and all that stuff. So thank you, man. This is an amazing technology, and I'm just so excited. We at uh, NUMA are using uh, AI for various things. And I just think it's it's amazing to see what this technology is bringing us as, as uh, blind folks and to know that not only are we using it, but we're developing it for ourselves. That's just amazing. So I, I really don't have any questions. I just have deep admiration and thank you so much to you and to Microsoft for continuing uh, to enhance our lives as, as blind folks. Yeah, thanks, uh, Mike. That's awesome. Um, oh, thank you, Mike. Well. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was saying uh, to both of you, Matt, uh, Matt Michael, I've certainly um, 
seen you around on the interwebs for many, many years, and thank you for all the work that you guys have done too. Well, you and I have met. Yeah, indeed we have. Um, uh, I have a question. Um, in your in your video in 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 your very first um, video where you where you uh, debuted seeing AI at Build 2016, um, you were using the 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 proof of concept version of at that time with the uh, the pivot head smart glasses. Um, has there been any progress lately on? um getting back there uh to to using it with glasses because that that seems like it would be the the best fit for the for the augmented reality stuff that you're doing if you could get the right hardware i agree doing uh, something that would allow you to use this hands-free of course you can use a lanyard around your neck uh, we have customers doing that but some kind of whether it's glasses or headphones that would be ideal However, as we look at the industry, we're not, when we do this, we want to do it right. And we've talked to many people, prototyped many things, and we want it to be something that is really robust, works for everybody, and, you know, really reliable. And we have not found that magic solution at the moment, but we're always looking. And yeah, that's something as an individual I really, really want. So fingers crossed that, you know, as the industry moves forward, we will find that thing which has that the quality, the robustness, the and price point that we're looking for. I got to say that you know, to me as a person who's been in the AT industry, my goodness, it's been over thirty years now. Um, to see how our community has uh, grown and reached into the mainstream. And now it's products for us, by us, but along with, you know, the 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 great research funding and dollars that are available to the larger companies that are able to bring this technology to us at the same cost as the mainstream is just such a, an amazing accomplishment for us as a community and just for the industry as a whole. How do you see... Um, how do you see this this product evolving? Do you ever see it becoming taking that technology, for example, and licensing it or putting it and embedding it into other devices besides just the phone that's on your you know that's in that's in your pocket? So no plans or public plans of anything like that at the moment. But you know, always looking at what the opportunities are and never say never to any opportunity. Um, however, to your point about the mainstream of our technology, that's been a key part of our philosophy since the beginning, is if we can work with the researchers to figure out the cutting edge science and emerging tech, and then we can use that to empower our community to do even more and be more productive. But then wherever possible, we also look at how do we, we, are the, we as a community are the early adopters of so many so much tech. And yeah, I just think um, ACB radio has been around years before podcasts was a thing. And so, you know, often we are using tech ahead of the mainstream. And likewise with seeing AI, we take this early tech, we use it to help our community, but then a lot of it then goes back into other products. And whether that's products from Microsoft, from other people, you see image descriptions now in 
um, PowerPoint and Word and so forth, and various other bits of AI across both Microsoft and elsewhere. So I, I see it as this cycle where we take the tech, we use it, and then it goes out into the mainstream. So it's this self-fulfilling cycle. I have a couple of questions for you. The, the first one, uh, I'm told that the maximum coverage uh, out in front of you as you walk with LiDAR is 25 or 30 feet. Now, some of us, not me, of course, but some of us walk pretty quickly. Uh, and so would you like to go back and rethink that, please? No, I don't think I would. Uh, some of us do You're walk. You're lying. Quickly. You're lying. You're and not telling the truth. So 25 or 30 feet comes up pretty quickly. Is there a way to extend that? Uh, coverage with with light or are we are we pretty much nailed down to just that that coverage yeah unfortunately right now that is the range of the hardware of the hardware lidar scanner and it really depends you know, like how quickly you're walking or are you more doing exploration and right now a lot of our testing is much more with the exploration but we're also curious about what would it look like if you had this in a lanyard and we're just especially with the haptic proximity, just, you know, what if that was just another input along with your cane as you're walking along? So, yeah, we're, we're trying different things and want to hear from more people how you're using it. The other question has to do uh, with uh, how how dependent is the world channel and, and seeing AI with the LiDAR? How dependent are you on Apple and what they do with upcoming advances in their phones and their cameras. Are you that dependent or do you have pretty much, uh, can you work pretty much around them and make improvements, uh, you know, until the next big phone or big uh, camera improvements come out? There's plenty we can do with existing hardware. So LiDAR was a special case, but if you look at every, almost everything else, everything works to some extent going back Right now, we support as far back as iOS 10 and iPhone 5. And we have hundreds of users on the, that combination, which is surprising, but also cool that we can provide a service going that far back. Now, those old models prior to success don't really run the on-device machine learning so well, but there are many things they can do. So as new things come along, like the AI processor with the success and later, or LiDAR with their 12 Pro and later and so forth, so forth. Um, we always take advantage of the latest that the platform and the hardware has to offer, but there's so much that we can do just with what we have on any particular device. So I should say that even the World Channel right now is 12 Pro only and the other, the iPad 2020, et cetera, the features for the, uh, for the rest of Seeing AI are still being worked on and they still work all the way back. Okay, that's great. Well, Rick, do we have any uh, hands raised at this point? We do not, Jeff. We do not yet. Okay, nope. well, if anyone does have any questions, why don't we tell them how they can do that? Yeah, you can raise your hand by doing Alt-Y on your PC, Command-Y on your Mac. If you're on an uh, app, there is a raise hand button uh, in the middle of the screen. And on the telephone, it is star nine. So although we don't have anybody on the telephone tonight. So every, everybody's on their app. So yeah, that's rare. That's yeah, rare. That is rare. A ton of people on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, the, the, the barcode scanner, uh, the, the product channel that that's built into the seeing AI, uh, 
Um, are you looking at enhancing that in the future, Sagib? There's a couple of ways. Um, we don't have any specific plans, but I think we can always look at getting the guidance even more accurate as some of the machine learning gets better. There'll get no specific plans. But more than that, we're also partnering with a bunch of large corporations to build out that product database. And this is just a fact that there is no publicly available um, database of products based on barcodes. And we're also looking at you know, other ways to get that information like OCR or, and so forth. But um, one of the things that we're trying to push for with different large companies is, you know, work with them and see, can we bring more and more product descriptions to our customers? And so recently, for example, we have 10 million products that we added for the Turkish market. And like that around the world, we're working on, we already recognize tens of millions, but that's a, still a fraction of all the products in the world. I do like the feature where it kind of, you know, gives you a, an audible a, a alert that you're getting close to the, to scanning the barcode. That's very, very good. That's, that's something that was very innovative when that came out. Jeff, yeah, that, that came from our customers where we did some user testing and people were like, yeah, this barcode scan is cool, but I have to, you know, scan around and around with no feedback to know where that barcode is. And so that's what really gave rise to this idea that, how, huh, what if we played a game of sort of hot and cold where the beeps get faster, the closer you get. And right. yeah. Yeah. We have a hand raised. Yeah, Rick? we do, Jeff. We've got Abby Taylor. Abby, if you want to unmute yourself. You were unmuted. I had to mute you because there was noise in the background. Hello, Abby. Okay. No. Oh. Yeah. Um, here I am. Here there, I am. I'm sorry. Hello. There you go, Abby. How you, are you? Sorry about that. I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Hello, Abby. Great. <laughs> hello, hello. I have a um. I'm a relatively new iPhone user. And I uh, have not had a whole lot of luck with scanning in the past. I tried an app called SuperSense, and I never could get it to do, scan a document properly. So I'm just wondering, what's, when, using, if you, when using Seeing AI, what would be the best way to position the phone and the document to get the best scanning results? Oh, that's a great question. And perhaps, uh, Sakib, maybe you can kind of talk about this from each of the channels perspective, if it kind of varies, you think, um, to sort of yeah. give people some guidance mm -hmm. on the best best way to use the app. Absolutely. And the little quick helps available in the corner of each channel give you some tips, but I'll, I'm going to summarize. So let's start with document. Um, hopefully we can help you out, Abby. So what I recommend is it's good to put the paper on a contrasting background. And so often paper is white, so it's good to have a darker colored background. And I remember in the early days, someone said, yeah, I, I have a special uh, black background I use for my documents. I thought, wow, that's cool. So place the phone in the middle of the paper and do that because it really helps you keep the phone flat. And remember that the camera is in the top right of the phone. So the, it's not the phone that should be in the middle, but the camera that should be in the middle. And now as you lift it away, make sure that it's staying parallel with the table. And it's going to start telling you, 
no edges visible. And that's fine because it means it's looking at just the middle of the document. But then it might say, hey, I left edge not visible, the top left corner not visible. And then you can make very, very slight adjustments to make sure till it gets to the point where it can see everything. And it's going to say, hold steady. And after a moment, I'll take a photo and start recognizing it. So that's definitely the best way to use the document channel. Okay, so then, so you're just lifting it up uh, in increments, and it will tell you to move back or move forward. Uh, you know, to because I'm not quite sure. You know what the best angle is. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So keep it flat, and it will, rather than telling you which direction to move, which we found in our testing was less effective, it's going to tell you what it can and can't see. So then you'll just make adjustments. So if it can't see the top left corner, you'll just move it very slightly up and left until okay. you get the next next bit of guidance. Abby, okay. I can tell you that as a blind person, my main problem in scanning or using a barcode with one of these phone apps was that I tended to hold my phone too close to the to the paper or to the item that I was trying to read. And the moment I held it about a foot away, uh, it just popped in and I haven't had any trouble since. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's great. And yeah, like um, you don't have to hold the phone touching the paper or anything. That helps you keep it parallel. But the one foot is a, is a really good estimate. We often say, you know, if you had your hand on the object, it's going to be about as far away as your elbow. So that works out about the same thing. Well, thank you. And, and now how much does this cost? It is totally free on the... Oh. Okay. And get it from the app it's store. Free, yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize that. That's wonderful. Yep. Okay. So it's been a misnomer by a lot of people, or maybe it's true. I don't know, but many feel that that the uh, cameras on the barcode readers that are not phones seem to read things better. And 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 I've heard recently people were talking about that, and they say it's the size of the camera that makes it a little easier to read on on apps that are not phone oriented. Um, if, if that's true, is there anything that for those people who have difficulty reading apps because they just can't get it centered, is there anything that can be done by seeing AI or any other organization to help improve that? Um, you're talking about barcode specifically here, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so if you have a hardware scanner, I'm not an expert here, but my understanding is they actually send out little lasers like a Again, I don't know the details, but think of it like a laser. So it can be very quick and accurate. And so if you have a very if you're if you have that available to you and it's with you, maybe it's going to give you a faster response. The advantage of a phone is it just happens to be there in your pocket and it's just an app to open. And it is definitely not going to, because you haven't got that dedicated hardware, which does nothing but find the barcode pattern, it's going to take longer. But um, I think the convenience is is beneficial too. And I think that having been, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say, once you get the pattern established, it, it does improve. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like the, the modern phones uh, with their better cameras, I don't know, um, especially with seeing AI, that was when my success rate of doing uh, scanning barcodes with the phone really ramped up. <laughs> I think the feedback as you're doing it really helps, but um, I, just, I just found it, wow, I, I, my phone never worked this well with barcodes. And um, 
you know, the, these cameras, especially starting with the 11, um, I, I found many things I'm able to do better than I was with previous model phones. That's great. And we've also introduced some recent changes in version, I don't know, 3 point something, I forget the exact number, where we made it so that actually using the camera on any phone, we can see more at any time. So that means they might find the barcode quicker. So there's a little tweaks like that that we're always making. And for me personally, everyone depends on how you use the phone. For me, I find that I can generally identify a can of soda or like a pot of yogurt or, you know, you can tell what kind of use cases I have. Um, but, you know, within half a second to maximum two or three seconds, depending on how much I have to rotate it, that's just luck. So it doesn't take that long either. That's great. Until you get a until you get a bag. <laughs> yeah, and pro tip there is if you have a bag of crisps, try and flatten it out because often you're going to get a crinkle, and that means the barcode right. is going to be uh, not flat. It's going to be at different angles where the crinkles are. Mm -hmm. yeah, interesting. I'm telling you, man, we need barcode standardization. Yeah, we do. <laughs> it, you, you know, uh, the. Uh, Envision just killed their uh, their their barcode uh, product, right? Um, ID Mate. Yeah. And um, I mean, they'll so be out this there. Is, yeah, the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. Still be um, out there, but but they're not going to be doing much. No. Um, so this is kind of interesting. It would be interesting to see if someone were to come out with an aftermarket Bluetooth barcode laser scanner type device that was you know did not didn't necessarily have all of the database and, and speech features, but just relied on your phone, which then would then send the data back to seeing AI, for example, to have it process the barcode and give you the information that you would need. That would be an, uh, an interesting, uh, you know. I bet you the hardware situation. is out there already. Somebody just needs to write the software to go with it. I, I got to believe that in, in today's world of... You would think of, so, right? Of warehouses and stuff like that. There's got to be something like that out there already. Yeah, yeah I'm not, not that does what we're talking about here, but that, you know, can yeah. be re, repurposed. Have you looked at that at all, Saqib, as far as a, a potential, you know, to, to bring more reliable for, for those people that may struggle with the, the barcode scanning type uh, feature? Yeah, we've definitely looked into it. And again, with small team, it's always like, where is the maximum impact that you can have? And mm -hmm. the camera works pretty well for many people. And you know, let us know if you think, you know, this type of solution is not suiting you, then we can, that's always something we can consider working on or partnering on, etc. Yeah, yeah. Especially if someone already has an aftermarket, you know, if you were to buy X device, we'll interface with it. You know, kind of like yeah, what Soundscape did with the Bose frames mm -hmm. uh, when, that, when they had that feature built in. Uh, the new ones don't have that, but yeah, interesting, interesting. Any other hands, uh, Rick? Uh, not right now, Jeff. Nope. Okay, great. Okay. All right. Well, Sakiv, so. Um, no sooner did we said that, a, a hand popped up. So. <laughs> that always oh, good. Okay. Let's take it. Michael. If you want to unmute yourself, Michael. There we go. <laughs> hey, Michael. Hello. How are you? Good. You know, I uh, I love this app. Right? I am uh, I'm blind myself, and I am uh, a trainer. And uh, I find I have 
the hardest time when I do the document feature, when I'm scanning with the document, adding documents. So, so um, if I had a document that had, you know, multiple pages, three, four, five pages, how do you add pages? That's a good question. Right now, we focus on single page scanning. Um, it's a feature request we've had, and um, it's, you know, on our big list of all the different places we could go with our little team. But it's, it's, it's good to hear when people want those features, and it's going to help bump that up the list. So right now, you can scan a single page and share it out to another app and yes. then manipulate it in the other app. So that would be the solution for now. Yes. Well, I, you know, that's that's such a small thing. That's such a small thing. But I tell you, I, I love the app. I love all the features of the app. And, and I especially love the handwriting. Thank you so much. That's a great hand. Yeah, I'm curious, how do you use the handwriting? Is, it, is there a particular thing you use it for more? I didn't hear you. Oh, the handwriting feature. Is there a particular type of handwriting that you find it useful to You say? know, like uh, uh, cards, you know, cards. Uh, um, if someone has a, a card, you know, like uh, someone would give me, a, let's say, a birthday card or any type of, you know, it's, a, it's just something basic, small writing, not, not anything very deep. But, you know, when you're not able to see, um, you know, someone's name or something, you know, my wife wrote, I love you on something and I was able to read it. And, you know, that's very, very nice. That's so nice. Thank yeah, you for sharing. <laughs> So um, I have a, a oh, go I ahead. have a question. Mm -hmm. um, if that's okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, Saqib, you mentioned that uh, that once you've scanned your single page, you can share it out. Um, can you share the the image or just the text? Um. Yes. Either. Both. Ah. Okay. It's good to know. Thanks. Yeah. So how, how do you assess, you know, the, the feedback that comes in co from customers and, and look at, um, building the next feature? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that process and, and what goes into that? Totally. So it's, it comes from different sources. Um, we have the email address, seeingai at microsoft.com and love hearing from people there. We also have the Microsoft Disability Answer Desk, which you can call, and some requests come in there. But then also just Twitter and uh, blogs and podcasts. So always listening. And then when used to love going to the conventions in the summer or CSUN, then yeah, hopefully that will return too. So gathering feedback and also just one-on-one -on -one interviews with customers to see overall what are the challenges, what are the requests, and what are the ways people are using this? And then on the other side, talking to scientists and researchers, what is the latest breakthrough we could leverage? And putting these two together to say, okay, what is the biggest impact we can have now to solve a brand new problem or to um, improve an existing feature? We have a hand, Rick, right? Uh, no, we don't. Oh, oh, we do not. I thought I saw a hand. Okay, maybe it went down. Okay. Oh, Great. wait a minute. No, we do. We do. Okay. It's Michael Byington, of all people. Hey, Michael. Oh, Mr. Byington. You're Byington. You can unmute yourself, Michael. 
a there. There you go. It's Ann Byington, not Michael. Hello, and, Ann. Oh, hey. And at the risk of being driven off to call. No, you're I, fine. <laughs> oh, no, wait, let me ask my question first. Uh, and by the way, it's good to hear all of you. I know some of you quite well, and it's great to hear you. Um, I never managed to be an Apple iPhone user successfully. So I finally got a Smart Vision 2, which is an Android phone. And I can't use seeing AI with my Android phone. Is that ever going to happen? Oh, no, I wish you could. Again, uh, as we're just talking about this prioritizing what the team works on with just a few people. So we hear loud and clear that people want this technology on Android. And it keeps coming up. It's keeping something we discuss and have to prioritize against, you know, are we going to bring this new capability to solve this problem? Or are we going to bring this availability to Android? And again, right now, it's iOS only. And but we definitely hear that feedback loud and clear. And it's always in that list that I mentioned, we keep a list of all the feedback we get and all the requests. My other comment is that as I'm a hearing impaired blind person, pretty severely hearing impaired, I just quit using a guide dog. And the things that you talk about in the, um, I forget what you call it, but the, the object perception and so forth, mm -hmm would be a tremendous help to me because that's what I can't do anymore. I have no very little directional hearing and standing in line is a very stressful activity because you're right, you don't know where people are, you have to talk. And even then I don't always know where they are. So I'm quite excited about this if I can ever use it on my Android. And thank you very much for the presentation. It's really quite exciting. Oh yeah, well, you know, I'm really excited about that too. Um, as someone who also, uh, is hard of hearing and uses hearing aids. Uh, it's sometimes uh, quite difficult in in a crowded situation like that, and, and in lines and and getting around like that. So I I fully understand that for sure. Thank you so so much. Well, okay. Sakib, I I, I uh, want to really thank you very very much uh, for for coming on and and talking with us tonight all about the new World Channel and the app and. Um, what might be coming in the in the near future? Are you able to tell tell us anything like that, or at this point? Um, nothing specifically we could talk about. As I say, it's the world channel is this whole new world. Dare I say, pun yes. pun. Um, you know, with augment, audio augmented reality combined with computer vision, mm -hmm. this idea of knowing what's around you, interacting with the world, doing things in the world, and that's one big focus, but then also all the other features we've talked about from reading text in real time with a short text channel to documents to products. We're always looking at those to think how we can make them just a bit better, more convenient and have the features people want. So that's awesome. Continue listening, continue making. Will that's you be right. with us virtually at CSUN? Um, oh, they're not going to be there. John said, oh, you didn't tell me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay. Sorry about that. Well, we'll look forward problem. to seeing you down the line. Yeah. You'll, Absolutely. Maybe Reach you'll out uh, make an appearance you. at the national convention coming up this summer. Yeah. Great. Cool. Yeah. Totally. So, so Keith, thank you very, very much. You're welcome to stick around if you want. And uh, well, when we uh, talk to Matt and, and Mike all, all about their new product offering, um, if you'd like to do that and, and uh, bring any questions to the table if you would like as well. So I'll, I'll leave that up to you. 
Yeah, I'll be around for a little while. Thank you so much oh. for this opportunity. It's been great talking to you. And if anyone wants to reach out, it's seeingai at microsoft.com or on Twitter, um, MSFT enable, or me personally, I am SAQIBS. Yeah, and Thank if you, you need so to get a hold of the Disability Answer Desk, uh, the Microsoft Disability Answer Desk, it's 1-800-936-5900. So you mentioned that before, so I thought I'd give it the number out. So yet right, another way of getting uh, feedback to the Seeing AI team. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, now it's time to uh, go into the cloud here and even Bring more. Bring in the hooligans. That's right, and, <laughs> and talk about all kinds of very, very exciting things. And Mike, we haven't heard from you guys in a while in reference to, to new innovation or new, new products. And I, I know the, the Cero network is still going strong. I, I hear from people that are still using it and, and uh, taking advantage of those uh, services. And, and now you have a new company, right? We do. Uh, the name of the company is Numa Solutions. And Matt and I are together again. Uh, I'm in the presence of greatness, all this Microsoft folks around you and <laughs> Sakib and formerly Matt, and uh, I'll let Matt speak to that for himself. But um, Matt, uh, as Serotech kind of won down, wound down as we knew it would, um, I kind of did some soul searching and said, you know, am I, am I still relevant? Is there still something that I can contribute to our community? Um, I, I, I just didn't know exactly where my... Where, what my role was going to be in this new normal where we're working with consumer products and you know mainstream consumer products. And as we started looking into things, Matt is my partner in crime. And Sakib said something earlier that's so true. When a blind person can find someone that can do and we can articulate to that person what we can't, what we'd like to do, but we don't have the ability ourselves to do it and they can. And that has always been, Matt and I have been interviewed before, and I, and I, I think, I forget who said it, but um, maybe it was me, maybe someone else, but I'm the dreamer, he's the doer. And um, I mean, you know, Matt is just an incredible partner to work with. Um, he's a, a, an amazing developer, as, and, and I don't need to tell anybody here that. Um, and uh, I'm just excited about where we're going. Uh, the offering that we're doing now at NUMA is, well, we, we've, we are basically providing what we call accessible cloud solutions. Um, back in 2011, I wrote a book called uh, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Profit. And it was talking about the cloud. And I, I felt back then that, man, the cloud is our future. And I'm like, what is this cloud thing? And as we, we all now know what the cloud is, um, but as blind folks, the cloud kind of worked for us, but there was nothing kind of being done exactly for us until like seeing AI and other things came around. And I started applying my, my thought process saying, what are we going to do here? And one of the things that, that really bothered me was the accessibility of content online, as of course, all of us have that, that problem. Specifically and documents. Yes, and and printable documents, I guess. And and as we as we looked at documents, we said, man, it's so hard to read some stuff, and then it's even harder to convert it to alternative formats. So what we developed to start with was a technology that you could 
upload a number of document formats, PDF, uh, DocX, uh, and a bunch of other ones um, up to the, the, the cloud. And it would then automatically uh, convert it into Braille, large print, MP3, uh, DAISY, uh, EPUB, and a bunch of things in, in multiple languages. And we called the product Scribe. So we started looking at it and, and, and we started uh, once the product was probably done around January of last year, February. And we started looking at where we could apply it. And one of the, the most important places that we realized was um, in California, a number of documents were taken offline because they were not able to make the 2.6 million documents accessible in the two years that the courts gave them to do it. Um, so after making about 13,000 documents accessible in two years at the tune of $6 million, we came and said, hey, we could do a lot of those documents very quickly using cloud services, thusly cutting down on the time, cutting down on the speed a lot. And the accuracy is about 96%. So, which is not too far off the 99% because there's no such thing as 100% accessible that the courts demanded. So off I was going to CSUN to pitch this to whoever I could find from the state of California. And we all know what happened in March. And uh, so Corona notwithstanding, I stayed home in Florida in lockdown. Matt stayed in Washington in lockdown <clears throat> working at Microsoft. and just kind of said, oh my God, you know, let's see how long this lasts and see what we're going to do. And Matt and I started talking and I said, you know, Matt, one of the biggest challenges that we have right now is this, this remote teaching and remote support of students. And we said, we should give this technology away to teachers. And that's what we did. So we created a product, uh, a product offering called Scribe for Education, which is absolutely free to teachers of the visually impaired K through 12. And that was cool, but it still created a problem. And this is the problem that the product we're here to talk about today solves. And the, pro the problem is very simple. How many times have any of us been sitting in a presentation and we've been either given the slides that are going to be shown on the screen and we, you know, five minutes before the meeting and we need to figure out the entire slide deck and then assimilate from what the presenter is saying where they are in the slide deck and what they're saying. If not, we've got to be that, that blind person that's saying, can you tell me the slide number you're on? Can you tell me where you are here? And, and just disrupt. And it, it just makes you feel like the odd man out, you know? So what we created is a product that prior to or worse yet maybe we don't have the slides at all and that we we have to ask them to read to us what's yes. on the slides yep and so what what this product does is it allows the presenter to upload their slides as little as five minutes before the meeting and not only will the scribe technology make the inaccessible slides wcag 2.1 compliant html but then it will present them in a web page that as long as the as when the when the participant goes into the zoom 
meeting is presenting on the screen in HTML, they're seeing exactly what the slideshow is showing. And Jeff, I don't know, I didn't have a, a chat place that we could plug the URL into, but I am able to, if somebody wants to share their audio, I can do the presenter side and somebody else can do the, uh, the, the attendee side. And I have a URL that will not work after today, but it will work for now. And that is scribeformeetings.com forward slash ACB. Again, that's slideformeetings.com forward slash scribeformeetings.com forward slash ACB. You said slide for meetings. ACB. Thank you. Oops. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Can someone share their audio? Uh, let's see. Uh, From their web browser. From their web browser. <clears throat> um, oh, you, 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 ACB radio folks. I'm sure one of at least one of you has a mixer. Yeah, well, yeah, I do. But I'm just trying to think what what the best way to do this is. I mean, I can share my screen. Uh, so you're okay. So you're sharing your screen. I am sharing my slides. I'm well. When you first go there. What's going to happen is it's going to tell you that it is going to prepare. Hey, Mike, you need to, to share the slideshow. Yes. Yeah, I am. I, I, it's not up there yet. Let's see here. <clears throat> yeah, we don't hear your audio, by the way, Jeff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the website first, and then I'm going to see if what I can do about... about so basically what's going to happen is when 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 jeff or whoever anybody goes into the presentation we have the scribe bot which is going to join this webinar and what it does is it looks at the screen and says hey he's showing slide one so show slide one on the in the html boom hey he's showing slide three so show that one oh he's back to slide one show that one and as that happens, the visually impaired attendee will be able to participate and consume the content at the same time as their sighted peers. Let's see if I can do this here without creating too much of a nightmare for myself. <laughs> um, let's see here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get audio out here if you go down to speaker jeff and you can point the um, the speaker to the sound card yeah i i i did that i told jaws to do that actually okay the but cool it's... thing is by the way and you can also and the, the beauty of this technology is that you can actually be participating in the zoom meeting or webinar in one on one device and you can actually consume the meeting content on your cell phone or wherever you know whatever wherever you have an accessible browser to you and that would work on android that would work on mac that would work on linux well, that would I work have on no speech now this is going to be fun <laughs> um jeff i'm sorry man jeff oh uh, that's okay uh how about if you how about if you access it on your phone no there you go I, well, that would 
what? I don't have that cable. To... Larry, can can you get Jaws to come up on your uh, from your board? Larry. Yep, I'm working on it now. You mean Zoom webinar? Yeah, there you go. There we yeah. go. So go to scribeformeetings.com/acb. Desktop. Yeah, Folder me, list I'll turn it down while I do that. Hang on. What is it? Subscribe for meetings. Okay. Dot com forward slash acb. Microsoft Edge. Bar toolbar. It's what, John? Get my speech back. Scribeformeetings.com/acb. And that should come up with a web page. By the way, while they're doing that, we are offering this technology absolutely free right now to uh, to anybody who wants to use it while it's in beta. And even after that, the prices are going to be very economical for we're talking to a number of universities right now to implement it for their students. Uh, we will be doing meetings and webinars. Webinars we will be giving away to any organization that serves oh, the needs of the blind. Sorry. <laughs> Microsoft. It, we'll be, did you get it? No, it took me to it took me to a search engine. Yeah. You're going to scribe you're going to scribe yeah. for meetings.com slash ACB, right? I got I was able to get the page to come up. Okay. Is it scribes and then the number four or is it S C R I B E F O R F O R which is what I dot com slash A C B. So basically, we're going to be giving it away to any organization that serves the visually impaired community absolutely free of charge. So there will be no excuse for implementation of this technology by any organization. And that includes AT companies. We, we definitely want our community to be able to enjoy the technology. Um, and then uh, that is for the webinar side. When it goes, when it comes out of beta, we're going to be selling the webinars to companies that do not serve the blind necessarily, but will have blind participants or could potentially have blind participants for about $99, which is extremely economical when you look at, you have over 10,000 people on one of these webinars and for 99 bucks to give access to, you know, hundreds, if not tens of, you know, blind people or hundreds of thousands of blind people is awesome. So any any questions, Jeff? While we're while he's uh... so tell me a bit, a bit about the uploading of the content itself. How from a security perspective, how are you addressing that, Matt? Uh, sure. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so the uh, so the 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 meeting host. Um, there, there's there's a couple ways that the meeting host can log into the service. Uh, the way that we have right now is um, is a passwordless email login scheme based login scheme where you enter your email address and the system emails you a link. You click the link and you're in, and you you stay logged in in that browser. Um, we're also working on implementing on 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 hooking into uh, the single sign in system that various universities use um, so that their their professors and even their students can just um, enter their university email address and be automatically signed in. Um, but as far as uh, security, 
Um, we we're going we we don't have this in there yet, but we're going to add an option where um, you can protect the uh, you can protect the content with either an access code uh, that the attendee has to enter before they can get to the web page, or with an access control list where the attendee has to sign in the same way that the meeting host would. And, and uh, only people on an approved list of attendees or within the organization can access the content. Jeff, does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. I, I was just kind of concerned about it from a, from a corporate standpoint of just, you know, sharing out sensitive documents. Uh, well, we don't retain any of that stuff. We, we, right, right, we, right. Purge, we purge the meeting content <laughs> About six hours after the meeting is done, okay, uh, and, you know, and 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 obviously, if if we have a customer that wants us to purge it faster, you know, that's also it's it's also something that can be added to the technology in the future. Um, for right now, we haven't really found a problem with that, but of course, you know, as as the technology gets more popular, um, I mean, look at the Zoom bombing and everything. We learned a lot of lessons there, didn't we? Oh, absolutely. Do we got the uh, Larry? The, did you get the page to come up? John's working on it now. I think I do have it up. Um, it should be introduction to ACPS. Yep. Yep. Okay. So basically, um, on your screen in the Zoom meeting is my slide. Can you bring up your speech so we can hear it? Yep. I don't. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not sharing my speech, so you can. Can you hear it? Or is it not coming through Zoom? It's uh, not coming through Zoom. John, let's hear Jaws. Well, Larry, let me hear Jaws. Well, I did. I just did a say line. We it's don't hear coming, it. It's not coming in. I don't know why, but content comes up. That's interesting because yeah. I have it. No, not content. The one next to it. Jeez, I'm so used John, to that. John. Live for meetings beta. There, there you go. go. Okay. Okay. So basically, I'm going to jump slide. So... If you if you navigate around the page, heading level one introduction to APCS blank, heading level two one point zero one today's date instructor name, heading now, level. First, this is a slide deck from a class that I actually helped teach uh, last year, and the slides are a little inaccessible. So what we're demonstrating here is Scribe's back. You know the the ability for Scribe to create accessible content now if your slideshow is already accessible hey that's great you know if, if you've got all your headings and your lists and your bullets and all that stuff done great if not we're going to put that in there and thanks to the good folks at microsoft we are going to also describe images for you as well so i'm going to jump to the jump to the next slide Heading level one, answer the following on paper. Blank, what is your name and grade? What should I call you or what's your preferred nickname? Why are you taking this class? Do you have any previous programming experience? So I'm going to jump to another slide. A large whale and a lot of people sitting on a couch under an umbrella graphic. A large whale in a large room with people watching graphic. A large whale in a large room with people watching graphic. A large whale in a large room. With I think it dropped me down to the bottom here. Yeah, so if you go to the top of the screen, you can see. Heading level one is computer science fun. 
List of two items. Bullet Forbes top 10 job satisfaction list. Bullet CS dominates. List. So now, as many presenters will do, I'm going to go back to the beginning. <laughs> ACB radio meeting demo scribe for meetings beta. Heading level one introduction to APCS. Blank. So you see, that's the first, the first one that we were at, right at the beginning. So I can jump down three or. Four. Why should you learn computer science? And if you. Blank. Part of everything. Blank. Heading level one. Why should you learn computer science? Heading level I'll one. Why sale. should you learn computer science? Part of everything we do enhances problem solving and computational thinking. Future opportunities in computing are without boundaries. Boundaries. This is interesting. So when when the page refreshes, because I'm I'm kind of watching it here as it goes here, as the page refreshes, you don't get any sort of a, except for a sound, you don't get any alert. The text that where your cursor is is changed. Correct. Yeah, you just get a little you know a little bloop. We don't want to we don't want to interrupt the experience. Again, we're just showing you a web page that is accessible. Right. The okay. aria is right. Now the cool thing also. By the Jeff, way, the sound effect. Um, so. Um, you guys mentioned a sound effect, and unfortunately, mm -hmm. that's not coming over Zoom because of the intricacies of sound card configuration. I'm sure yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's only doing Jaws over Zoom, but but yeah, uh, Scribe for Meetings is playing a sound effect mm -hmm. when, it is. Uh, when the content changes. Larry, so let me ask you a question: Do you have multilingual support on your in Jaws going on? Where if 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 you have a web page that's showing a couple of different languages. It will do that if you have the, the specifically. Do you have French or Spanish? Uh, I don't uh, have that installed. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I have it on. But you, it is available. Yes. So what we do is, if the content is in a different language, we use language detection to mark up the content in that specific language. So if you have it activated in your screen reader, it will actually speak in your native language and combine into various combinations. So we have a, a slide at the, at, at the end here. Bullet read chapter one, section two, one point. Uh, you went right past it, Mike. Wow. Go back one. Heading there you go. Heading level one home, heading level one homework list of three items. Bullet read chapter one, section two, one point two for class tomorrow. Right. Well, let me just continue. I, I, I heard the sound effect and now I'm conditioned to stop and wait and see where we want to go. So, Heading level one, answer the following on paper. What is your name and grade? What should I call you or what's your preferred nickname? Why are you taking this class? Do you have any previous programming experience? List of two items bullet. If so, what computer languages do you know? Bullet, what projects have you worked on? Hey, um, Larry, you might want to stop. Yeah, do it from the top again. Oh, sorry. Radio okay. Heading level, heading level one. This is a multilingual. There we go. And this is not from the class, the CS class slide deck. This <laughs> this slide is courtesy of one of of uh, one of our earliest testers, um, and and uh, thanks to him for this multilingual joke. Okay, you want to go on to go and play it? Heading. Yes, please. Level one. This is a multilingual slide list of two items. Bullet. This is the Borg. Resistance is futile. To be assimilated in French. Press two. Bullet. Castilian Spanish. Esta son los Borg. La resistencia es inútil. List end. A building made of stone. Graphic. List of one items. Bullet. French. Est le Borg. La resistance estate futile. A grave is similar on anglais. Apui es one. List end. List end.
So uh, obviously he doesn't have Spanish or French text-to-speech no, installed, but JAWS did indicate what the languages were. Right. And and I promise that's that that we didn't yeah, put those language names in the text. <laughs> no. So again, and and the cool thing here, I mean, obviously this is a, a a sample deck that we do demonstrations with, but again, the technology is available free of charge at scribeformeetings.com. Go there, use it to your heart's content, share it with people. Make sure that uh, that people uh, that that you 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 kick the tires, send us feedback. All of that. Now you're going to be doing st some things with other platforms, correct? Absolutely. Are you, are you able for to mentioning. talk about that tonight? Sure. Um, we we are fully intending to have uh, Scribe for Meetings work uh, with a number of platforms. The next one that I think we will be doing is Teams. Teams. <laughs> <laughs> In, in in fact, in fact, I, I think I think that uh, that Matt uh, when when Matt Matt left Microsoft, um, you know, and and I and I hope I'm not speaking too much for you, Matt. And if I am, correct me. But yeah, go for Matt, it. Matt Matt left Microsoft because we developed this technology, and we felt that it needed to get out right away. And Matt working on weekends or whenever he had a free moment just wasn't going to do it. We we had made. And we and we met the expect the uh, the deadline of getting this thing out. So when kids came back from Christmas break, it was available and we could start pitching it. And we have shown it to some of the top universities in this country in the last week. And about ten minutes into the the demo, it's where can we send the purchase order? You know, so this is getting great reception. And and we've talked to a number of corporate entities that say, well, when you do Teams. You know, we're definitely there. So I, I'd be I'd be really interested, Jeff, in in, in the panel's feedback on this. Because plus, I promised my old my former manager <laughs> and colleagues that I would do team support. And while you guys talk, my lovely wife just brought me a coffee, and I'm going to drink it while I'm sitting here talking to you guys. So Matt, tell us about how the integration to Teams is going to work. Well, um, I don't really know uh, exactly. I mean, the the plan. So let me let me back up and talk about how talk more about how it works with Zoom because you all have have just heard the the final experience for an attendee viewing the web page. But uh, but we should it probably be a good idea to talk through a little bit more about about how how the the meeting host sets it up. So everything starts for, for both for both the host and the attendee. Um, tonight's uh, one-off shortcut, notwithstanding, um, everything starts with going to scribeformeetings.com and entering a, a meeting invite link. So for Zoom, um, uh, when 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 someone wants to to host a meeting with with a, with a slide deck. They go to scribeformeetings.com and they copy and paste the Zoom invite URL. Um, and then we, we, we look and we go, oh, that's not in the system yet. Click here to get started as the host. And, and then it's the whole login procedure that I mentioned before. And you upload your slide deck and, and then you're good to go. So with Teams, um, since Teams also has um, distinctive 
uh, URLs for both for for meetings and for Teams Live, which is their which is their webinar product. Um, uh, I, I imagine that it would start off and and yeah. Full disclosure: I haven't I haven't started on this integration yet, but um, I imagine it would start off the same way. Where yeah, the UX the UX is probably going. I mean, and 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 for for kind of the the continuum sake or for for consistency sake, the UX is going to be as close to what you have now as possible. Obviously, the back end stuff and the way we connect to teams and the way we connect to people's corporate networks and stuff is going to be a little different and probably beyond the scope of today's conversation. But um, the real magic is in this, the scribe bot, which is the one that if you look at the chat, I mean, if you look at the attendees list in our meeting right now, which, you'll see. Which, uh, which only us panelists have access to here in the oh, webinar okay. environment. Yeah, well, the scribe for meetings bot is one of the attendees and he's just sitting there watching and he's just saying, oh, he, he just he just changed to the homework slide, so it tells the 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 device you know the 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 server hey go to the go go and broadcast that slide for people. ACB radio meeting demo scribe for meetings beta heading level one homework. Heading yep, that's the one. Heading level one homework list of three items bullet read chapter one section two one point two for class tomorrow. P.1023 bullet many of our class examples involve Pokemon. If you don't know much about the game, we advise that you read up on your Pocake knowledge at link http slash slash bullet a lot of our examples also draw from the Pokemon games. If you want to up your knowledge on the game's mechanics, rules, underlying formulae and characters, visit link http slash slash link List end. So as you see, it not only does it create accessible HTML, which that was not in the slides, uh, but it also creates the links that you can just click on it, opens up in a new window, you can look at it, and then close the window and go back to the, you know, go back to your, your meeting, uh, your meeting slides. Um, one of the things that we are going to be implementing soon, very soon, is what I call the DVR mode, which will allow a participant to go backwards in the presentation that I've already shown or to pause the presentation so that they can look and take information from the note, you know, take notes or whatever, and then continue the presentation wherever it is. Um, alternatively as well, the presenter will be able to check a checkbox that will allow the participant to uh, download and save the presentation in Braille, large print, EPUB, DAISY, uh, MP3, whatever they want so that they can uh, tag PDF, whatever they want so they can take it and look at it later. And that is of course up to the author of the content to do. Interesting, okay. Well, so let's see, go ahead. Yeah, so so that's that's really, I mean, our goal um, at Numa Sorry, is to my screensaver went off. The Numa is is a cloud services company, accessible cloud solutions. We have a product that Matt and I developed for Serotech years ago called Remote Incident Manager and Remote Access Manager, which allows blind technicians or trainers 
to remotely work on people's computers without having to install any accessibility on the remote computer, um, you know, previously to previous session. And we are uh, redoing that and re-releasing. Uh, it's currently in its current stage that's been alive and well for a number of years, but we will be bringing it to 21st century standards now that Matt is back here. He's, he's been gone for three years. So we've got, a, we got, a, we got some work to do on bringing that up. And also we're going to bring Scribe, uh, the Scribe technology to our DocuScan Plus product, which also came over from Serotech. Sero will be seeing some enhancements. Um, one of the main enhancements that you're going to see, the two big ones are going to be us bringing back our own web browser. And the reason we want, and it's going to be based on Chrome, the reason we want to do that is so we can, we can tailor the experience for our user, much like the old Samnet browser based on IE before. Um, and you'll be able to use um, our browser in uh, alternatively, and it will be much, much cleaner and uh, just bring things like uh, its own uh, uh, ad, ad, uh, what is that thing called? Ad, whatever the thing, you know, takes ad, blocking. Uh, ad blocking, ad blocking and, and, and a reader mode. Yeah. So the other thing that we're going to be doing is system access is our screen, our former screen reader at Serotech. And what we've decided to do is to take uh, system access and make it a talking environment for Cero users. So in the Windows operating system, they will be able to have access to system access and its, uh, its technology there. However, if you run into a program that we do not support, what we will do is we will automatically either, either load Narrator, which is an amazing product these days, Thank you, guys. Um, or your screen reader of choice, be it JAWS or NVDA. Um, and it will bring that up. And then when you're done using that, it close, you close the program that you're working on and system access will come back and continue to work. Why? Because we have a number of users that wake up every single day and use the Cero environment and nothing else. And the only reason they ever go out to their operating system is just to tweak this or tweak that. Um, so there is a place for it and certainly not, but many of our users don't want or need to learn an additional screen reader for what they do on the computer and on, on, you know, on the internet, you know, uh, we kind of look at it as a, a swimming pool, you know, where people are at the real low end of the pool, middle of the pool or the deep end of the pool. And we hope that the browser is something that everybody uses but the self-voicing uh, environment is something that some people will use because it's just enough screen reader to get you around where you need to go. And uh, we will quietly get out of the way when you need to really do the heavy lifting that a screen reader user would do. So that's kind of what we're doing for the consumers. But mostly NUMA is directed at B2B, at businesses, uh, corporate uh, education and government. Awesome. Got any, got any, hey, hey, I was about to say got any hands up. Any raised hands up there? No. Well, either everybody fell asleep or I said everything right. That's right. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to go for the second option. Yeah. Well, I suppose I could put my hand up, but I'm a panelist and I shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> but um, 
It's so nice to hear you, Jason. You're awesome, man. (laughs) Thanks. It's great, great to be here, and great to great to uh, listen to you and Matt present. Um, You mentioned um, using um, DocuScan. You know, using uh, Scribe will be available for DocuScan users. I'm wondering if you have plans to bring this technology, of course, to the mobile platform in some fashion. The mobile platform, I mean, our goal is to be as multi-platform as possible. Um, And you can use, I mean, you can use Scribe now um, with the mobile browser by allowing access to the camera and then scanning the document that way. But really what, what, what I envision is mostly taking digital content and making it accessible. There are so many amazing products uh, in the market already that we, we, we just, just heard want. about one of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. We don't <laughs> want to do that. Me too. You know, we're, we're really here trying to break new ground and, uh, and kind of, uh, you know, traverse new, new areas of, of technology through machine learning. And one of our, you know, right now, um, our corporate goal is within the next five years to create an augmented digital experience that not only does augmented document remediation, which is what the scribe, what scribe, the scribe platform does, but uh, augmented meeting, uh, meeting remediation, which is what scribe for meetings does. And we're even dreaming as lofty as saying, you know what, in the next five years or so, uh, we may be able to create a product that uses machine learning to do audio description on the fly for those frustrating YouTube videos that are just sound and music and mm. no description yes. for us. Steve, Steve Bauer is... Uh, uh, were you going to ask a question, Jason? Uh, fellow Wichiton. Eve. Actually, this is uh, Steve Bauer in Culver City, California. Different guy, different state, but uh, uh, same name. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No problem. Um, Exciting to hear all this. A long-time Cero system access user. A couple of questions. Um, You mentioned that the uh, fee for someone that wants to do this is $99. Is that per, per incident, per year, whatever? And I guess uh, uh, going on that question, if I decide to sign up for a webinar and it's by an organization that doesn't deal with blind people and they don't have a clue and I don't even know who to ask to do the $99, is there any method for a user to say, I'd like to use this technology for, you know, this six-week seminar, I'm going to take, am I able to pay for that somehow? Uh, Or does it have to come from the corporate side? Um, And uh, the other question is, uh, with... uh, the problem I've had with the uh, mail client with uh, System Access, I love a lot of things about it, but it really you really have to use it with the System Access screen reader. Uh, I'm sorry, the Cero mail client. I really haven't found it works well. There's different problems with NVDA and JAWS and Narrator and even Window Eyes. <laughs> um, so when you guys redesign everything, is this going to work better? Will I be able to say use Narrator or JAWS and but still use your uh, your browser and, and email client? Oh, sure. Yeah, we're, we, we definitely, I mean, the, the technology, again, being totally transparent, I, I thought Serotech was done, man. I mean, I, I was, we, you know, Matt left to Microsoft. And truth is, you know, when Serotech was going, I told Matt, dude, you know, Microsoft is looking for narrator people. You should go over there. And he's like, no, what's going to happen to you? I'm like, we're, 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 we're dying, man. We're, you know, we're, we're gone, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to take you down with me in this ship. And, 
you know, Matt went to Microsoft and we continued to hobble along. He basically pushed me out. Yeah, I fired him. I said, if you get the job, you're fired, dude. So um, I love this guy. I mean, he's 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 my little brother. I mean, we've been together for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to, to be totally clear, I mean, it, it was it it was it was a friendly push. Oh, absolutely. But- and I mean, to me, you know, the the tech we we kept Cero around because it paid for itself. And if we made Cero go dark, thousands of people would not have access. And now that we are um, back again, the marketing people are like, hey, Calvo, you know, there's a whole group of people out there that are a lot deeper in the pool than our current user, but that would really benefit from just a really quick and easy, you know, web browser, email client, all the things that Cero provides. But it has been very uh, very, you know, system access oriented. And um, I th- I can't say that Cero, the main program, is going to ever be 100% perfect with JAWS or or or, uh, or Window Eyes. Oh, my God, there's a name for the past. Um, or NVDA, 100%. But we're going to do our best to bring everything in Cero to current web standards so that it does work. But, of course, it's always going to work best with our experience, because we can tailor it from beginning to end, if that makes sense. What I can say, um, not having gotten deep into the Sarah refresh yet, is we're working on cloning him. By the way, we haven't been able to do it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had my hands full with Scribe for meetings. Come on, um, but but um, what what I can say is, <clears throat> if you use Jaws or NVDA. Um, or even narrator, then you you will need to be comfortable with switching in and out of of forms mode or focus mode or or in the case of narrator turning scan mode on and off. Um, you'll 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 need to be comfortable with that, and and that frankly is one of the reasons why we want to keep system access around in some capacity, because one of the things that our users love about system access um, is that it doesn't have those modes. And um, unfortunately, for reasons I can't get into, I wasn't able to bring that magic to Narrator while I was at Microsoft. Um, But um, so I don't know what kind of issues you're having right now, Steve. I I, I guess the main ones are, you know, things like... uh, and frankly, I, I've forgotten which screen reader does what. I wish I, you know, if I should have prepared more f- for asking this question. I didn't even think about asking it, but uh, we, we might want to take this one offline. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that would probably be better. That way, we can we because technical stuff is 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 something that is usually it, it may be specific to you or may not, but we don't want to bore people. With what's the issues. What's the best way to? Because uh, to be brutally honest, I've I've had very I've had no success in getting past your gatekeepers. I mean, I've had questions I've tried to ask and, and gotten answers that have nothing to do with my questions. So well, and, and you, I'll, I'll you, just be very you, blunt and say that I, I love system access, but man, it's been a, a challenge getting any help like the last couple well, of years, but well, go let ahead. Me, yeah, let me give you some contact information and, and everybody else, um, because the, every, obviously if you go to the old serotech.com URL, you're going to get the new company. Um, but the new company is called Numa Solutions, and that's spelled P-N-E-U-M-A solutions.com. And Matt's email is 
matt.campbell at numasolutions.com and mine is mike.calvo at numasolutions.com. And we are not a huge company. The buck stops here. We got us and we got Rhonda and we got, you know, a couple of contractors and that's about it. So we're, we're, you know, you shouldn't, we shouldn't have real big gatekeepers. So feel free to reach out to us and we'll make sure that, that, uh, that we, that we help you or we put you in touch with someone in support that can. I, I, I appreciate that a lot because, uh, I mean, just as an example, I, I lost all of the mail from my inbox on the day before I was going to fly out of Washington last year. And oh my <laughs> I, mean, I just, I was not able to get a hold of anybody. Uh, and the problem was never solved. I found some of the lost emails in, you know, various places. But yeah, having, if, if we can get a hold of you guys, uh, thank you, thank you. And I'll, I'll definitely be in touch with uh, uh, some organized questions. Steve, well, I have I have his email address in case you missed it or need it again. So just send me a note and I'll get it to you. Uh, any other hands? Yeah, Ray Campbell. Ray Campbell. Oh. Ah, well, good. well, good evening, guys. Uh, Mike, uh, Matt, uh, good to uh, uh, kind of make your acquaintance again. Mike, I think the last time I talked to you, I was still working at the Chicago Lighthouse for the Blind. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, I thought um, I recognized the name. I'm like, where Yeah, this is... This is really cool. I was watching um, the uh, um, presentation uh, here while you were talking. Um, <clears throat> I know you haven't really gotten into it. Any uh, thoughts on when you might have, uh, you know, team support at least in uh, some sort of a beta form that we could try it? Because that's that's what my company uses, and I want this. <laughs> we we definitely we definitely want to support it as soon as possible. I want to say probably close to the end of Q2, maybe middle of Q3, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. the you know, And, and I want to go back to the question earlier that Steve asked about pricing. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's quite a, an accomplishment, I think, and something that, I mean, we're, we're trying to get the platforms out there as soon as possible. Um, but promise, we, we, we definitely have teams on our radar. Um, as far as the pricing goes, unfortunately, the presenter is the one that needs to do the presentation because there needs to be a screen share and, uh, and there needs to be, and, and, you know, the, the, somebody needs to be showing that PowerPoint. So if you have the original PowerPoints that the presenter is going to be sharing and you upload them and you create the event and all that stuff, well, that'll work. But uh, otherwise it needs to be done by the presenter. And as far as cost goes right now for the foreseeable future, at least for the next couple of months, it is going to be free of charge uh, so that you can use it. And really we're putting together something, a self advocacy kit. We, we call yes. it internally that allows that we are going to have some pre-written letters that you can kind of cut and paste into an email or whatever to a presenter or to a, a student's affairs office or to an employer and say, Hey, you know, this is a technology that would really benefit me. And it's funny because I was talking to an employer the other day, and uh, they got two blind people there. And he's like, man, because it's 2,500 bucks a year for a corporate or for a school. But that's for unlimited use, for unlimited meetings. And that's not crazy. And the guy was like, oh, my God, that's so expensive, $1,250 per person. I said, well, if you want to you know, pay less, then you need to hire more blind people. Then it'll cost you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
You know, um, <laughs> hey, hey, Rick, I think this would be a great thing to have available for the uh, ACB convention this summer if we get any presenters that want to uh, screen share like absolutely we, did, we had welcome. last year. You are absolutely welcome to use it at any time, free yeah, of charge. No, it's uh, it's it's really uh, it's great, and uh, I just was, I just was blown away by uh, by it and uh, and stuff, and I certainly look forward to. Uh, well, please give uh, us if, a testimony. If, if, <laughs> if you need if you need beta testers for Teams, um, I'd be happy to be on your list. Okay, well, sign up sign up over at the website. There's right at numasolutions.com. That's p n e u m a solutions.com. Mm -hmm. There's a link there. Uh, for you to sign up for our, our mailing list. We promise we won't give your information to anybody. Uh, we we will not bombard you with email. Um, we have different email platforms, you know, different products that you can sign up to get information about. So we don't, yeah. we're not going to send you yeah. corp, you know, information you don't want. Can, can I ask a quick second question uh, if it's okay? Absolutely. And that would be, <clears throat> um, any, um, are there any plans to bring back uh, SA to go? Um, I, I know that was a really neat thing. Uh, when I was doing classes, uh, the challenge doing with SA to go, if you remember, the the great thing about SA to go, um, besides that Matt is truly a beast in putting that thing together, was that you know IE allowed you to run a piece of software right from the command, you know, right from the right from the address bar, mm -hmm. just by pressing Alt R a couple of times. Can't do that anymore. Just like you can't use keys anymore. Um, and they auto start just like you can't put CD-ROMs in machines gotcha. and they auto start anymore. So the real, I mean, and, and with narrator, quite honestly, guys, we don't need that. Right. You know, SA to go was a product for its time. It's still there. I mean, it's, and if you've got IE going, you can still use SA to go and, and it will, um, it will be around as long as it's useful, but yeah. we've moved on from that. I mean, yep. it's, 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 it's time to change. And that's, that kind of takes me to our philosophy. And, and I wanted to share this with you because we have a philosophy for accessibility that is a little different than, the, than everybody else's. And that is we believe in augmented digital remediation. We believe that augmented digital remediation is the future. And I'll tell you why. We have a number of wonderful people that are doing document remediation right now to the tune of about $17 a page. That doesn't scale well. Not to mention the fact that when those people quit or pass away or retire, their knowledge of remediation dies with them or goes with them or retires with them. Machine learning learns people. So it may be 96% today, but as soon as we start training it with different documents, it'll get to be 97, 98, 99 and soon we'll just have technology that remediates documents on the fly without the author having to know about accessibility and look if you want to create a corporate environment where accessibility is at the root of everything listen i i very much believe that built-in accessibility is better than bolted on however that should your corporate dedication to that should not deny me as a blind person the right to have access to as much information as my sighted colleagues do. And at the current price of uh, document remediation, it really is a decision as to, is this important enough for us to remediate? What we are encouraging our scribe customers to do is to use our technology and provide a path to human remediation in the interim. And we can do the remediation for them for about $10 a page. 
or they can use their own remediation resources to do it and give the document to the person. And then you know what we do? When the human document gets remediated, we go put it back into the model and we say, you know what? You called this two lists and it was only one. You called this an, a, lead, a heading level two and it was actually a heading level one. And it remembers. And whenever it sees that kind of document again, it will do it right. These folks are amazing because they spend time and energy in doing a very tedious job, but it's not that complicated. You see what I'm saying? Yes. It can, it can be taught to a learning model and we intend to do that. So let's, we want a hundred percent access to a hundred percent of the information, a hundred percent of the time, even if it's 95, 96% correct. We don't, you know, there's just stuff out there. If you go to Home Depot, and, and this is the example I use a lot because I'm a dad and, 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 and I got a lot of honeydew stuff to do. And we just got new appliances. And if I go to Home Depot and I get an inaccessible PDF, right now, either I need to learn a couple of different pieces of software to try and figure out if I can access that PDF or not. Or I need to hope that they made a tagged PDF, which most people do not. And when you talk about litigation, if they don't have a PDF that fits my needs, who do I sue? Home Depot, the manufacturer, and that's still not going to solve my immediate problem. So I'd rather say, hey, you know what, Home Depot, here's a piece of HTML that you can embed into your content management system that every time a blind person accesses any PDF on your site, there's a link there that says convert with scribe or read an accessible version of this document. And the blind person can click that button and get access. And it may not be 100%. And again, we encourage corporates to provide a 100% path, you know, to a path to 100% human remediation, certified human remediation. But if they don't, at least you have the information. And you know what? You have it now. Yes. You don't have it yes. when somebody has it ready for you. And that we're selling for $499 a month for one URL for big companies like Home Depot. So don't tell me that they can't pay 499 bucks to make thousands of documents accessible in a matter of minutes. Wow. Thank you. Sorry if I Thank sound you. so excited. I really am. I, I, I think that we're mm -hmm. sitting, we're sitting in the dawn of an era of digital, you know, augmented digital remediation that nobody is, people have only dreamed of. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't want to dis discuss the philosophy because people that want 100%, you're right, it should be. But that's a utopian view of a world that doesn't exist. And back to the California example, they did, a, they, they did an analysis. To do it the way that California is doing it, it will take approximately 400 years and $4 billion to do what California needs to do to make all their information accessible. So you know what California is doing? They're just not putting it up online. And that screws everybody, you, me, and the sighted people too. And I don't want to be responsible for holding sighted people's information. I just want access to the same information they got. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Makes Rick, sense we have to me, hand. absolutely. So help me spread the word, people. This there you go. How, this is how we do it. <laughs> do we have any more people with hands raised? We yeah, we have. We have uh, Ann Byington. Actually, Ann. this time you've got Michael Byington. Oh God, what are you people doing? My gosh, I'll, you guys I'll get around, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you know it says Michael, so I figured, what the hell, you know? 
Uh, we're sharing a computer right now down here. I have a question about Scribe, and then I have uh, one that sort of relates to your discussions about uh, the old system access, which you may tell me to ask you offline. Thanks for the emails and so on. I tried to get to you through the old uh, Saratech uh, um, email systems, and it apparently never made it to you. Anyway, uh, I am now doing orientation and mobility with six different school systems. And I don't know that I'm going to want to learn to do this because I quite frankly am looking at retiring at the uh, end of this school term. But one of the issues that I've found is a problem and I'm sure that other special educators who are blind or low vision have this problem is the uh, different uh, proprietary IEP maintenance systems. Uh, I have some districts that use WebKids. I have some districts that use SpedTrack. And my question is, it sounds like uh, were I 10 or 15 years younger and wanting to stay in, that this could be a solution for my lack of access to what's going on in the IEP meetings when we're all on Zoom and the IEP is uh, sitting there and I really can't tell what what the person has written on the part for their report etc uh my question is how are you going to are you going to be able to get scribe into those proprietary iep maintenance systems and stuff like that so the answer is yes but not today and 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 i'll and there's a good reason for that so first to the iep if the iep that right now scribe can digitally remediate augmented digital remediate augmentedly digitally remediate i don't even know if that's a word but remediate powerpoint presentations and as long as those powerpoint presentations are shown in a zoom meeting and soon to be teams then we're going to be able to read that as the scribe bot gets smarter and it learns how to look at the screen because the scribe bot is literally looking at the screen and looking at the content on that screen and what sighted folks do is when they use systems like the one you're talking about, they just share their whole screen and you're seeing all the other junk around it. You're seeing the, the toolbars and you see, so right. we need to train the model to say, Hey man, ignore that. Just look at this. And that takes time, but I don't believe that that's impossible. I believe that that's very possible. I don't know when, and we haven't started to code that. But I, I can honestly say that I believe that that's very possible. Do you disagree, Matt? I mean, honestly, do you, do you think that that's impossible? No, it's, it's, it's possible. Um, we, we just, uh, we, we need, um, well, honestly, what we need is to, to start making money so we can bring in somebody who right. really gets machine learning. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a jack of all trades, master of, well, master of windows, but not much else. <laughs> Linux. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, that's the thing is that we are going to, you know, um, Serotech was a lot more philanthropic, a lot more community building. And I, I, I said to somebody today, I said, you know, at NUMA, we're here to build a business and philanthropy will come later. But right now we're trying to build a business and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to give as much as we can away but we still need to make some money and there's enough of a need out there. There's over a thousand universities and educational institutions that can use scribe for meetings. Do the math. 
at 2,500 bucks a year, that's a lot of money that we can reinvest into this technology. And my dream is ultimately to create server-side tools that will just sit on a server and do this for every website that wants it. Um, not, not providing accessibility to the website itself, but to the digital content on it. Well, let me, uh, let me compliment, first of all, your uh, capabilities in marketing because you've done this for years. You gave system access uh, uh, and, and various things away to students. So when they would uh, be choosing what they wanted later on and talking with VR, it was going to be Serotech, and that's great. Uh, I am a uh, absolutely committed uh, system access user. I pay my 240 bucks a year uh, to be a full subscriber and all that, and I am glad to do it. Uh, well, you're about I to get a present later this year, my friend. What's that? You're about to get a present later this year. So I'll oh, well, say that, about that right now, but you're, but the, all the Cero subscribe, all the, all the, the accessibility anywhere subscribers are about to get a big present later this year. That's, that's good to know. My, my question about that, what happens with me is uh, I, I own the Serotech that I use at my office. Mm -hmm. And if I need to use a computer at home, I've been using SA to go to get to it. The only problem is I have for many, many years been an Internet Explorer user and my system automatically upgraded me to Edge. And of course, when I load system access uh, with Edge, it tells me, well, you know, you really can't do that with this uh, server. And since I'm low vision and not totally blind, the idea that I won't get prompts, which is what it says I won't get, is not really a problem. I can rub my nose on the screen and figure those things out uh, and know where to where I'm wanting to go on the screen and so on. Yeah. Well, but let me everything you. locks up. I just can't get anything to work then. There's no physical way to start it from, from the browser. Um, but if you Edge. contact us if, if from Edge, if there's, we can definitely help you with an additional license for home. That way you have it at home. Um, and, and, you know, and we'll, we'll, you know, go ahead and drop us an email or whatever. And we'll, we'll, we'll work on that offline, but also but, internet okay. Explorer is still there and, and will be for, for a little while yet. I mean, don't, don't know how long, but you, you just, I mean, you just have to know how to get to it. So if you really want to run essay to go through internet Explorer, you can, you can still get to it. It's not what we would recommend, but, but, uh, it's still there. Gentlemen, we have about less than two minutes left. Yep. And we want to thank you both and ask you once more Absolutely. to give your contact information. Sure. It's uh, numasolutions.com. That's P-N-E-U-M-A solutions.com. And we have made a commitment not to be on Facebook or Twitter. We don't want the freaking drama. So, you know, please sign up for our emails, our email list. Let people know what we're doing. and you know, hold us accountable people. That's what we're here to do. We're blind people first. And if you don't take away anything besides the awesome coolness for the technology, do know that we love our community and we are going to do everything to make the world that we want to be and to share it with everyone else. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Mike. Just great stuff. Terrific stuff. Good luck in the future. Thank and you guys for having us. It's awesome. Thank you. Next month on Main Menu Live, we're going to have the SuperSense team here where they're going to talk to us about SuperSense and Super LiDAR and more. So stay tuned, everybody.
Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Good night. Cue the music.